thought, why the hell not? Life is so short. We should give this a try. So I sort of snuck away from my sisters, ran up to our tiny little cruise ship cabin, paid a bazillion dollars to FaceTime Mr. Ams and say, I don't know about you, but I think we should do this. And then all three of my sisters walk in the door, like the minute I say it. And so I said, okay, got to go. Bye. And shut the laptop. And I didn't get an answer from him for like 24 hours. We could not communicate. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 176. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Ams and Kat. They are the hosts of the Two Hot Wives podcast, and the podcast is about a lot about women's sexuality. The funny part is they actually didn't know what the term hot wife meant in like the non-monogamy world until after they started the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So So, I think that to your point though, like the podcast is more about women's sexuality and life exactly um, than than it is to swinging or the lifestyle or hot wifing in any capacity. So they'll, they'll talk a lot more about that, but we just wanted to throw that out there. If you're like, ugh, I'm not into hot wifing. I don't want to listen to these Or two. maybe you are. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you don't know you are. Anyway, <laughs> point is, it's a great conversation. Thank you to both of you, Ams and Kat, for coming on and for all the work you do. We really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for the great conversation. So a few announcements before we jump into the show. First up, our next virtual meet and greet is this coming Saturday, April 17th from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Now, if you haven't attended one of these meet and greets before, you really should check it out. You're really missing out on one of the greatest joys in life. Yes. And that is not an overstatement. And an opportunity to meet really (laughs) awesome, amazing, like-minded people. Like us. Uh Uh-huh. Because we're there. Yep. And we meet almost everybody who comes in. Yep. They're $10.00. And to join, just go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the meet and greet button. These are open to everybody, so you don't have to be a member of the Patreon community, which we'll talk about in a minute. You don't have to even be non-monogamous or in a relationship or anything at all other than just an open-minded, awesome person. Show up in whatever capacity you want and just have a great time and be kind to everybody. Yes. We'll see you there. We'll see you Saturday. And also, if you happen to miss this one, don't worry, we'll have another one in May. Did you tell them how to get there? Normalizing non-monogamy.com. I Click did. on the meet and greet tab. I did, I think. I think you did. If not, <laughs> if not, we just told them again. Yep. Uh, also, we wanted to quickly announce, so for our Patreon community, a huge shout out. Thank you to all of our Patreon members, over 160 of you. We are so grateful for all of you. And our calls this month uh, are going to be towards the end of the month. We have a men's group call on April 20th, a women's group call on April 21st, and a Q&A on April 28th. There are two Q&As on April 28th. So write those dates down. Come join our, Q- our Patreon. You can always join, try out the calls, and cancel if you don't if it's not a good fit for you. Um, but we'll talk more about Patreon in the outro. Yeah, we just want to get those dates out there for everybody. And... Just so everyone's on the same page. Mm-hmm. What else? Any Anything else exciting happening? Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the Contact Us button. There you can send us a voicemail, leave us an email. Leave us an email. Leave yeah. us a voicemail, yeah. send yeah. us an email. There you go. 
You'll get there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We answer everyone's, and we always love hearing from our listeners. Uh, you can also go click on the podcast tab and see show notes from every episode that we've published. So there's photos of our guests and links for everything that's mentioned in each show. Plus, there is a resources tab if you want to find other things that we highly recommend. We have a list of our favorites, which covers some different things that, that Emma and I use, different services and products. So check those out. Using those links helps support the show. No pressure. We only tell you about the stuff we love, though. Yes. And it's all there. Yes. Okay. Well, let's go talk to Ams and Cat. All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. Welcome to the show, Cat and Ams. We're super excited to have you here, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for Thanks. having us. Thank you so much for having us. You know, the listeners don't know much about you, so we're hoping to give each of you an opportunity to introduce yourselves, and I think, and then we'll talk about, I guess, you together in a little bit, but I won't spoil that. So, Cat, how about if you have you go first? Okay, uh, I'm Cat, and I have been married to Mr. Cat for over 20 years. We live in a suburbia kind of place outside of a, you know, bigger metropolitan area. And, um, we've been in this area pretty much our whole marriage, about, about 20 years. Um, we met in college and, uh, fast forward, we've had two kids that are getting into their early teens. Um, and they are very busy. So we decided to get busy ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Cat sort of uh, brought up the subject of an open marriage uh, sev- several years ago. Um, it's something we talked about for a very long time. But he started by just sending me sexy stories by phone, really. Um, they're from a, a site called X Confessions. And it was where real people would write in their stories, very sexy stories. And they were short stories, so you could read them in like five, ten minutes. Um, and the stories just got better and better and more and more sexy. So it started a lot of, a lot of conversations for us. Had you Before he started sending you those stories, had you two ever discussed the idea of non-monogamy? Or was this like the first time you had even been exposed to it? So we hadn't really talked about non-monogamy, but we had talked about jealousy issues really early on in our relationship. And neither one of us wanted to deal with any of that. So we decided early on that we were just, we were just not going to be jealous. We were going to talk everything out. And so we've always sort of been able to talk about past stories with other people. Um, we've not, it, it's not, it's not open, certainly, but, um, like, for instance, if we would go to a party, I could flirt and have fun and do whatever I want and be myself. And never was there a problem. I would look over and he'd be smiling and it was great. So we've always sort of had a a fun, sexy relationship that's just not based on any kind of, you know, jealousy or 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 anything like that. But definitely not open until, you know, about five or six years ago, he started to send the stories. So... It, it just got more and more heated and it was yeah. good. Yeah. And how did it kind of evolve when, after the stories? Unless you had, sorry. If I that was the exact question I was going to ask. So, yeah. <laughs> he really just started sending me regular stories about regular couples doing regular things. And they, they just seemed to get hotter and hotter. And then it turned into sort of um, more about open relationships. The stories were, were 
containing more of those kinds of things. And so it just started conversations. We just started talking about it because I would be like, what are, what is this? <laughs> and I think he, he will say that, uh, when he sent it to me, he thought, uh oh, what have I done now? You know, he sort of just did it. And, and it just, it was, it was fine. I mean, we just started talking about it. And he also introduced me to, um, an interview with Christopher Ryan. Who yeah. wrote um, Sex at Dawn. And so um, we started listening to this interview and it just made a lot of sense. So I, I don't, I can't say that he brought it up and said, I think we should have an open marriage, but it just, the conversation just went there. And I think I was just very open to it anyway. Yeah. And so how long, like, what's the progression from you started getting sexy stories to it's time to go and do this? for real for the first time? Like, what did that, what did that build up? And what did that transition look like? It was a long time. (laughs) It seems like it, I think it took a couple of years. And part of the reason for that was that um, Mr. Cat was traveling a lot for work. And so we just weren't together in the same place for very long. Um, And so when he would come home, I would be so excited to see him. And it was, it was fun when he would be home, but then, you know, he would go. And so when we were together at home, we wanted to spend our time together. So we really didn't start venturing out, uh, into anything. Um, we started talking about vacations. He, he, um, had seen this desire, the desire vacations. And we looked at that and, and thought that that looked really sexy and fun. And it just, um, it, it took a long time for us to actually cross the line. And I think we just, we decided to put together a, uh, a profile um, for, you know, some of the sites that are out there. And we started meeting people um, very, you know, just those first dates, very awkward <laughs> and not having any idea, you know, what we were stepping into, but just figuring, well, you know, we'll, we'll just meet some people and we'll see how it goes. So we just sort of took each step realizing that we could always walk it back if we weren't comfortable. So I don't think we, we worried too much about it. And how did the first, uh, maybe the first meeting or first couple of meetings, how, like, how did that go? Cause I think that's, I mean, that's a huge step, right? That's a huge step to go from, yeah. I got some sexy stories on my phone to like, I'm now one actually of these, meeting people. I'm not mm-hmm. one of these sexy yeah. stories. Uh, well, the first couple of stories were not all that sexy. <laughs> um, you know, those first dates, we sort of had a rule. We weren't going to play on the first date. And just the first couple of dates, they just didn't look like the profile or didn't seem, there just wasn't a good match. But I, I do remember in particular the very, very first date. We walked in and I knew right away that it wasn't going to be a, a match. But we were there and we were having dinner and they were lovely. They were super nice people. And I got, you know, we were drinking and I got too, um, friendly and flirtatious and I'm just, that's just kind of my personality. And, and they were nice and we were having fun and we were talking about things we've never talked about before on a date. Right. So it just, it lent itself to that fun conversation. And, um, towards the end of the night, we, when we left, he went in to kiss me and I was like, Oh, whoops. And I, I just, I mean, I, I, gave him a little peck and we got back in the car and Mr. Cat said, Oh, so is this good? And I said, Oh no, no. <laughs> so I got myself into a little trouble there, but it, it was fine. I mean, it, it was no big deal. They were so nice and, and they understood and it was, it was good, but, but I learned a little lesson there, you know, 
yeah. don't drink too much on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so then, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just so like fast forwarding, you know, to current day. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll call you the cats. Uh, <laughs> what like what does the dynamic look like uh, for the two of you? And then maybe we'll kind of jump over and do Am side, and then we can maybe fill in some of the gaps between first date and today mm-hmm. um, as we kind of weave your stories together, if if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, we were meeting with different couples and it, it took a long time. It took a couple, couple of first dates to find a couple that we really clicked with. And I think in those first days too, it's so hard to find a time when four people have openings to meet that we weren't even meeting people every week. It was seemed like we were doing something every, maybe once a month trying to trying to meet a, a couple um and then even when we started meeting couples we tend to be um we we uh, we're not really a one and done kind of couple we we like to form relationships with people you know we like to hang out with people we really like and the conversations are always so much fun so it would be sort of like we would have a new couple that we would meet and we might see them a couple of times and then we would see them at different events we started going to some of the meet and greets and some of the the parties you know um those were a lot of fun and our our circle just seemed to start to grow from there you know there was more and more couples that we had met some we played with some we didn't play with but it seemed like we were starting to form sort of a community um and then uh about a year and a half almost two years ago uh we met ams and mr ams and um, from there, we just really formed this really fun, close friendship between the four of us. And yeah. that's kind of where we've been. I mean, it, it, then COVID hit and yeah, we've all right. been like yeah. all indoors. So we, um, we sort of formed this little quarantine, we call it, <laughs> yeah. where, you know, we were okay to hang out with them. They were okay to hang out with us. We sort of didn't really do anything outside of that for a long time, but it got us probably you know, closer than we would have been normally. Right. Cause it just sort of like, we're only seeing you guys. And yeah. Cause yeah. of the circumstances with COVID. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, thank you for, for sharing the background. And I'm sure again, we'll probably Circle have back. some other questions mm-hmm. about all sorts of stuff in there, but this is a great overview. So thank you very much. Sure. And how about EMS? Do you mind introducing yourself and, and, Telling Absolutely. us how, yeah, you got into this non-monogamy thing. <laughs> sure, sure thing. So my name is Ams, and I am married to Mr. Ams. We've uh, we've been together over 20 years. I think we've been married long enough that I've forgotten exactly how many years, but 17, I think. <laughs> 17, 18, something like that. Uh, and uh, so uh, essentially we've known each other our entire adult lives and we've been together our entire adult lives. Uh, we did not even know that non-monogamy and the lifestyle existed until uh, it was about two and a half years ago. We had a, have always had a great marriage, really strong communication, good sex, um, but very vanilla, conventional sex. And uh, a, a friend of Mr. Am's got divorced out of the blue. Nobody was expecting it. They had been together for years. They had teenaged 
kids going into college and she just kind of woke up one day and said, we're just two roommates who drive our kids around and I don't want to be married to you anymore. And it was a real wake up call for us because we loved each other. But like every couple with youngish kids, we sort of took each other for granted. So we were up in the mountains, which is like our happy place and got really drunk at a bar one day and just sat down and said, how do we make sure that when our kids go off to college, we still want to be together. Um, and we thought about all the different ways that we could have more fun in our marriage. And so we talked about concerts and we talked about going to eat amazing food and traveling. And the drunker we got, the more we started talking about sex. Um, so we, you know, had this sort of scale of one to 10. Would you want to do this? Would you want to do that? And we kind of gravitated toward more kinky BDSM stuff and wanting to explore that space. I think this probably was around the time that Fifty Shades of Grey first came out. Uh, so it's a little bit top of mind. Um, and it just seemed accessible. Like we knew that that stuff was out there. And we started to research. We're researchers and planners. And um, Mr. Ams found a dungeon near where we lived that had a, a, a dungeon 101 night, which is kind of like when you go to Costco and they have all the samples laid out of different things that you can try. Um, so, you know, we went into this space. It's in a really crappy part of town in a, like a warehouse district with a little red light bulb. I, I mean, my heart was just pounding. Like you can't even imagine. I thought I was going to be sick to my stomach. Um, but you know, we walked through the door and we checked it out and the people in the kink scene are very friendly, super nice. And they have all sorts of rules, um, more rules than like the non-monogamous community. But that was a great place to start because they set these really strong boundaries, and, um, when you want to play in that king space. So we, we checked out, um, the dungeon and, uh, I got on the spanking bench and this guy I'd never met spanked me cause that's his thing. He really likes to spank and he's very good at it. But that was like the first time in close to 20 years that somebody had touched me sexually. That was not Mr. Amps. And it was really fun. <laughs> we had great sex after, um, after going to the dungeon. So we decided we were going to go back and check it out. Um, and, uh, while we were there, somebody had asked if we wanted to play, which was not a term that we were familiar with. We didn't really know what they were talking about, but we started that started a conversation of what would that look like if, if you know, cause we had always thought we're just going to, um, get some new tools for the toolbox, right? Get some fun things that we can do with and to each other. Um, but, you know, it, it was intriguing, the idea of introducing other people it, more like in a parallel play situation where maybe, you know, another committed couple would be in the same space as us and it might be fun and exciting to watch them. and. When we were at the dungeon, somebody mentioned the term lifestyle. So Mr. Ams was talking to this lady who hosts a tickle potluck once a month. And uh, she said, well, it sounds like maybe what you're looking in, like what you might be interested in is, is the lifestyle. 
And we're like, cool, something to Google. So we took that information back to the house and we're researching lifestyle. And uh, Mr. Ams actually found the, the We Got a Thing podcast. And we started to listen to their episodes, which is a phenomenal resource. I know you guys are familiar with the Joneses. Um, mm-hmm. But we we started kind of learning how to be good swingers before we even knew that was something we wanted to do. And, uh, I down, I was about to go on a trip with my three sisters, just the four of us, um, on a cruise. So I downloaded a bunch of those episodes to listen to while we were traveling, while we were at the gym and hanging out. And I, I was sold. Like I, I, I kept listening and I thought, why the hell not? Life is so short we should give this a try. So I sort of snuck away from my sisters, ran up to our tiny little cruise ship cabin, paid a bazillion dollars to FaceTime Mr. Ams and say, I don't know about you, but I think we should do this. And then all three of my sisters walk in the door, like the minute I say it. And so I said, okay, got to go by and shut the laptop. And I didn't get an answer from him for like 24 hours. We could not communicate. And so by the time we reconnected about 24 hours later. He'd set up profiles on SLS and Cassidy and APG, and he signed up for the gym. So it was <laughs> um, everybody yeah, goes to the gym happen. more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you know, so we're relatively new to non-monogamy, but um, we jumped in with both feet and kind of had the attitude of we'll try anything once and we have tried most things at least once um but what we've found that we most enjoy is um building uh, deeper connections with a smaller group of people um and and we're hoping you know once covid subsides and it's safe to to get into larger group settings that we can sort of build our community broader, which doesn't necessarily mean we're going to sleep with all of them, but just hanging out with lifestyle people, with people who are open, who have these great conversations. Um, it's hard to go back. Like Mm -hmm. we don't hang out with our vanilla friends anymore because we just love, we love talking openly with our lifestyle friends. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at now. Yeah. And how long ago was it when that cruise happened and he, he did the all the profiles? It was two, two and a half years ago. It was, it okay. was, yeah. Yeah. So, so we had a, a, little, we had a at solid least year and a half before COVID. Before, that was my, that, oh. yeah. <laughs> I said, like, that was going to be my question is how much time did you have before COVID? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a year and a half. And we, um, we, we went on a few dates and, uh, again, met really great people, had amazing open conversations. I mean, you would sit next to a a stranger, right? And tell them things that I hadn't told my sisters, um, that I haven't told friends who I've known for a decade. Um, so that was really cool, even though it took a while to find a connection. And then the, the first play experience was fumbly, right? Um, and our second, uh, lifestyle experience was a huge New Year's Eve sex party, right? Like, like something, I don't know, 150 couples, like a really large, um, party, which was crazy 
overwhelming, exciting, nauseating, like all of the things. Um, and so, so again, we baptism by fire, we just really jumped into it. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's that uncommon. Like we've heard that from a lot of people and I think. That you just jump right in. Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, it's New Year's or, oh, it's Halloween. We'll go do something crazy. And then you realize that like New Year's and Halloween are like the high holy days for yes. like a swinging event. <laughs> so it's like yeah. you show up and you're like, oh, everybody else had this same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that can be a little intimidating. Um, I was curious, you you said, Ams, that you were both researchers, and yeah. it sounds like you did quite a bit of listening to podcasts and researching before you did this. And I guess maybe this question is for both of you, but when you both, or when you went into this, did you go into it with a lot of like rules and like a very firm like box of like, we're going to do it like this? And maybe like, what did those rules look like two and a half years ago or five years ago? And what do they look like? today like how has that changed so we didn't have any rules (laughs) because we didn't we didn't know we were supposed to make rules (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so mr ams and i um once we got started we you know we uh were very active but we had not only did we have rules we had boundaries and rules and tenants so the tenants are unbreakable Right. And, and it was basically transparency and honesty and consent. Everything is two yeses, one no. There's no compromising the tenets. And then there are the rules, which are the things that are that you don't break in an experience. Um, and you, we can talk about them. We can change. They have certainly evolved over time our original rules were you know we're never going to play in a separate space and we we were a soft swap couple for nine months and um, we you know i i say we jumped right in we did some crazy stuff but it wasn't penetrative sex for a long time um, and that was fun we had a great time just you know kind of kicking ass in the kiddie pool for a while um but that rule has changed um, and then the, the boundaries were kind of where are you, f- you know, what are you feeling tonight? Where are you feeling like this is going to go? And that could change. And, you know, you have to communicate a lot. And we realized the better we were at communicating, the less we needed the boundaries and, and the less we needed the rules. Um, so, you know, we were never a let's get drunk and see what happens couple. Um, we always kind of approached the experiences really deliberately. Um, but that never kept us from having a good time. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. And, and like, what is like today you said the rules and the boundaries have changed a lot with the communication, right? Like as your communication grew, it created a, a safety net to maybe relax some of those. Um, did I interpret that correctly? I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you, you, you realize, and Kat and I have talked about this a lot. Like, if you have a strong marriage, even if something goes sideways, you know, you can figure it you can, out. <laughs> yeah, you can pick yourself up and dust yourself off, and oh well, it's just sex, and mm-hmm. and move on from it. So, a lot of the communication that we would have at the beginning of an experience, like, what are you okay with? What are you not okay with? What are the expectations for tonight? We didn't need to have those conversations anymore, but we still talk quite a lot after the experience. Was it okay with you? Did everything Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, did you feel 
safe and comfortable and did you come and whatever it is. There's a lot of conversation that happens afterwards still, but significantly less um, preparation going in because we just, we, we know our comfort levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. with us, you know, we didn't have any rules going in because we really didn't know what this was all about. But as we had that first date, then it was like, okay, we need to figure out a signal. We need to do this. We need to do that. And then we started to talk more and started to figure out rules. We didn't have them all laid out on paper and <laughs> we're not quite as organized as <laughs> as the AMS, as Mr. AMS and AMS are. <laughs> but we, we talked a lot before each date, you know, what do we want to do tonight? And I would usually say, well, I don't know. I'll let you know <laughs> because I don't, you don't know. At least I yeah. don't know until, and we, you know, I didn't know all the different terms. We started after that first date, of course, started looking up more, more and more things. And we listened to the Joneses as well. You know, we got a thing and learned a lot from them, but it was three or four first dates without second dates before we kind of figured out what we were doing. Yeah, I guess moving forward till right now, do you have rules and boundaries set now that you have evolved into, I guess? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it's okay. You don't much, have to. You know, it, it's usually it's me that's the limiting factor. I mean, if, if I Yeah, no. I mean, I we we base our rules on the situation that's in front of us. You know, if we're going to a party and I am not feeling like I want to play, you know, I'm going to say, you know, tonight, let's just hang out with each other. Let's have fun. But I don't really want to go on to the, the playrooms. I don't really want to do that. And, and even if we go to the playrooms, it would usually just be he and I, and maybe the other couple that we have gone to the party with, we usually would go with another couple. Now it's always Ams and Mr. Ams, but that's just because we haven't gone anywhere for so long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, that um, a little bit simplified right now because mm-hmm. of COVID. So it's going to be interesting to see when the world opens up a little bit more and there are meet and greets and there are big parties again, if, that ch- if the rules change. Well, and just because you have rules when you are going doesn't mean that the rules stay in place because you get there and you're having fun and you're meeting all these great people and you see some people that you already know and you're like, I'm feeling more comfortable. Just want to let you know, Mr. Cat. So it just depends. I mean, I've changed my mind all the time. He's used to it. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, he's, he's probably right? used to it. Because you can, you know, we, um, Ams and I have talked a lot about switching gears, right? So we're moms, we have businesses, we're we're busy women. And okay, it's a Thursday night and we're going, we're going to go party. Well, okay, it's hard to shift gears. So sometimes on the way to the party, it's, it is about rules. And, you know, I don't know that I'm feeling this tonight. I just want to hang out. Let's, you know, just check in with me. I'm not sure that I really want to do whatever, you know? And so you, you get there and then you're having a good time and you start to switch gears and you feel a little differently. No rules. Yeah. That is a really good point to bring up because that context switching and like there, there, you have to allow for some of that transition time mm-hmm. uh, and, and everything. Cause like you have to get out of that other business mom brain, all those other responsibilities and allow yourself to be there in, in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is. Yeah. Yeah. How, how have you each sort of seen 
your individual like marriages grow or change in the last couple of years? I know, Ams, like you said, a lot of your motivation was we don't want to just be those people who get a surprise divorce. Um, and you were kind of looking for that, like, what's going to keep us excited and that piece of it. And, and Kat, right, you came into it with like spicing things up with stories. Like, how have you seen your how have you seen things change like between the two of you, not just sexually, just in general? Yeah. I mean, for the two of us, our communication about sex has gotten significantly better. And, and I, I realized this, you know, this is one of the reasons that, that Kat and I started the podcast really is women. I'm generalizing here, but a lot of women have a tough time figuring out what they want sexually and then communicating that with their partner, with their spouse. And there's something about playing with a new partner and not wanting to have a really mediocre play experience with a new partner that makes you grow the fuck up and learn how to to talk more directively when it comes to sex. So this made our sex life better, just the two of us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say, I think that's probably a pretty common theme is that, you know, once you get into the lifestyle, you start to talk more, you, you, you find your voice somehow you, you have to uh, get it out there. You have to say what you want. Otherwise you might find yourself in some situations that are super uncomfortable. But um, I, I, I feel like the stories themselves sort of got me into being able to ask him questions like, does this, do you like this? And then finding out that he likes certain things made me feel more open about sharing more. I think as women, we, we grow up with such bullshit about what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to like, we're not supposed to like, you know, we're, we're not supposed to be super sexual, right? We're supposed to be good little girls. And so then you get married and husband doesn't want you to be a good little girl, you know? So that's hard, but how do you, you kind of, you, you fight with yourself a little bit about wanting, wanting to do certain things or wanting to be more sexual, but also feeling like I'm not supposed to do that. So I find that that transition was hard and, uh, and hearing the stories and, and talking more just helped to open me up to more possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Were there things that you like, you for a while perhaps like thought like, I'd like to try this or I'm interested in that, but you were still too hesitant to share that with, you know, Mr. Cat or Mr. Ams. Like you, you started to feel or started to learn new things about yourselves, but it was still a little too scary and a little too conditioned to actually like go there and talk about it. For me, the struggle was not so much telling Mr. Ams what I wanted. It was honestly figuring out what I wanted. And I think for a lot of women, um, well, we don't have penises, so we don't have this really (laughs) obvious, um, appendage that like tells us, oh, this really turns me on. And so our sexuality is built on context and is built on, um, how other people, look at us and, and approach us. And so like a lot of my sexuality is kind of built off of the relationship that I had with, with Mr. Ams and the things that turned him on. Well, all of a sudden when I was with other partners and in other context, um, 
for one, I cared a little bit less about what turned them on. I wanted to make sure I had an experience that I enjoyed. Um, but, um, the, the struggle for me was honestly figuring out what brought me pleasure, uh, independently. And then when I figured it out, I, I don't have any trouble telling him <laughs> a little bit less in, in bed. I'm not a very good dirty talker. I leave that to cat, but, um, outside of the bedroom, I have no problem telling people what I want. So cat cat tells people in the bedroom for you. Like this she's is an <laughs> excellent, excellent dirty talker. Uh, well, you know, and that's something I developed over time because it, it really turns Mr. Cat on. He loves it. So, you know, I might have started a little tame in the beginning and then it just got hotter and hotter. And then, you know, when what you're saying is turning them on like crazy, you're like, I want to do that more. <laughs> it's good. But having, you know, a conversation over dinner about sex was harder for me. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with all sisters um, in like a medical family. So sex was a part of the conversation from a young age, very young. (laughs) And we never talked about it at my house ever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Quite the contrast, right? Like, (laughs) Um, I wanted to jump in a little bit and talk about, I know you said you met a few years ago. How did the two of you meet or the four of you meet? I should yeah. say. We, we met on a couple's date. Uh, Mr. Ams and I were heading to desire and cat and Mr. Cat had been there a couple of times. And they said, we, well, cat in particular said, we have to meet because I will tell you all the things you need to know before you go. Um, and I'm so glad we did. It was already within that window where I was thinking about the trip. I didn't want to go out and see anybody. Um, so I was kind of resistant to, to go on the date, but I'm so glad we did, uh, because she did have all the great information on how to just kill it at desire. Well, when we went, we didn't know anybody. So we went kind of cold and I was trying to get information from people that I was, um, had little acquaintance with, but I was asking questions like, well, these theme nights, do people really dress up? And they were like, well, you can dress up if you want to. Some people do, some people don't. No, everybody dresses up. Everybody dresses up. (laughs) And if you think that your outfit is too crazy, no, there's always someone dressed crazier, more fun, more out there than you. So I wish someone had said that to me because I would have gone for it much more. I would have felt so much better about being prepared, you know, it's way more fun than they let on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, here's what you need to do. And I told her all the things. Yeah. It was, yeah. And it was great. And it was one it was of those, of um, couples dates where everybody immediately clicked. And you, you guys have done this long enough to know that does not happen that often. Nope. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, we had an immediate connection. And we actually went on a vanilla date the next day. I can't, I'm trying like to a, remember it was an art festival. we played, but it was a little, like we went on a couple of vanilla dates first. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to an art festival the next day. You had us over to your house for a barbecue. We had you over to our house for a barbecue. <laughs> you did. We we're one of those unusual um, LS, you know, group friends that like all our kids get together. We're, mm-hmm. I, I mean, especially with COVID, we've kind of become this enmeshed family, which has been awesome. It's definitely saved 
you know, some money on therapy because it's nice to just have other people <laughs> that um, we can connect with. Um, but uh, well, and all our kids get along fantastic. Yeah. And that's uh, when we talk to other lifestyle people, when we go on, on couples dates and stuff, a lot of them are really envious of that ability to just switch from, you know, vanilla, normal family activities to play relatively seamlessly, right? We have to make sure the kids are occupied in, in another space and uh, away from us. And, um, but there is way more just hanging out, you know, as friends than there is play plays great, mm-hmm. but it's, it's what probably 5% of our time, 10% of our time it's limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably a little bit more than that. Oh my god! <laughs> you mean every ten times we get together, we might play? Mm, actually, that's not far off. But yeah, yeah, we spend a lot of time just doing somebody's partying in the back with, with the kids and all of us together. We do have to be a little careful, though, because we're very affectionate, all of us, with each other. And so, if the kids are around, you know, I have to make sure I don't grab Mister Am's but when I'm passing him in the kitchen, you know, <laughs> so, you know, we do have to, so yeah, so she's, you know, we're going up to meet them where they are now with all the kids. It's a kid's yeah. weekend. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's like, that's what a lot of people I think are trying to find too. Um, yeah. That ability to be fluid, to have, yeah, it can be a barbecue, but then after the barbecue and the kids are asleep, it can be, some adult fun, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, um, right? And that that sort of flexibility is is really nice. It's, yeah, like you said, that's what we, a lot of people are looking for. We've sort of figured out sometimes what we do is we have all the kids come to our house, and then we go, oh, we're going out to dinner, and we go over to their house. Yeah. So that <laughs> kind of works out good. Yeah. But there's Whatever. no, there's Close no enough. pressure, right? It, it It's really, really comfortable. And I, I think, uh, maybe some people believe that, you know, with a non-monogamous couple, that one person's being dragged along into that experience and that, you know, they're really reluctant to, um, to play with, you know, because we built up this level of comfort and trust. Like if somebody's not feeling it, then they just say, I want to play. There's no pressure to, to, um, to, to be sexual if we don't want to be sexual. We have a super solid friendship and that Mm -hmm. carries us through. Well, and I think too, that having been together, the four of us so often, we have a lot of fun. I mean, I feel so comfortable and so just, it's, it's just easy. And, and, uh, I think it just gets better over time. Like, you know, the first date's fumbly. I don't remember our date being fumbly, but, you know, they get better and better. Well, a year and a half in, they get really good. (laughs) Right, because that comfort level is there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, How about, how have you both handled, uh, I guess, talking with about your non-monogamy with other people in your life, with family, with friends? Are you out and open about it or is it more just in your marriage? There's a few people that we've come out to. One of my sisters, one of Mr. Ams's friends. Uh, but for the most part, we're not we're not 
open about it. I mean, they're not talking to us about their sex life, so we don't feel the need to disclose our sex life to them. That's a great way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We're, we're not open either. We're not open to anybody. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, yeah, that's the approach we took for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's totally valid, right? Like it's our sex. We don't need to tell everybody about it. So. Right. Yeah. Just have to come up with stories sometimes when you have a bunch of new friends all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely figure out how to tell people where we met. Mm-hmm. Yes, because our kids think it's very weird that we've all met at the same restaurant, some at different times, random, randomly at a bar. Why do you always meet people randomly at a bar? Trivia We're night. Really That's friendly. what we've gone with. Oh, trivia night! I like that. Good. We should. So you can use yeah. that. That one's free. That one's free. <laughs> yeah. Tips and tricks. It's great. Yeah. I was. I was also curious. Like, it seems like it's been a relatively smooth right for both of you and i was just curious like have there been challenges or what have some of the challenges um been for either of you in navigating this or or has it been relatively like a a smooth ride so i'll say you know in the beginning i worried very much about how mr cat was going to feel about seeing me with another man so that was my big stumbling block um i I, I just thought, you know, is he still going to love me after he sees me with someone else? I just didn't know what that was going to do. So I think I, you know, I, I drew that out quite a long time and talking to him about, you know, are you sure? And this and that, you know, just trying to dive into that. We really didn't have, you know, fights or arguments or anything like that. It was just more of my reluctance to sort of let him see me like that. I worried that that was going to affect his feelings for me. Even, even though, like you said, leading up to that, like you guys had the ability to go and flirt and do all Mm -hmm. of those things with no, no worry about the jealousy. He actually, he actually kind of liked that. You know, he saw me and thought, she's so cute. I don't, you, you know, he just liked that about me. So that was, I think from the very beginning of our relationship, that was sort of there and it wasn't a problem. So, but actually seeing me I just have sex with another man. I thought, oh, I don't know about that. That's a, that seems like a really big step, you know. It is. It yeah, is. It is. Step, <laughs> right. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, your concerns are valid. Like that right. is that is a big step. So it's it's uh, it sounds like there was and you like you went slowly to get mm-hmm. to that point, which was mm-hmm. probably what you two needed, and and that was the way it worked. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, for Mr. Ams and I, I think we had a great start. Everything was like riding on rails. Um, What we we stumbled a little bit when uh, we came to realize that the things that we were getting out of the lifestyle were kind of different, and the things that we enjoyed were kind of different. So for him, he really liked more novelty, a little bit more casual encounters. the, the kind of higher level of variety was what turned him on. And um, for me, uh, I found that the more I was able to connect with new people and new partners, the, the more I enjoyed the experience. So finding a balance between those two things um, was a challenge and is still a challenge sometimes. But, you know, one of the 
the blessings to all of this is, um, you know, I met Kat and, um, and Mr. Ams met Mr. Kat and we can have a friendship that is more open and honest and we can kind of work with, with people who understand what you're going through. So, you know, when we encounter challenges, I have a friend that I can turn to and, and we can talk through our shit. That's been amazing. I I didn't think I would ever have a girlfriend that I could talk to about this kind of stuff so openly, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that's a really, awesome transition to, I mean, it's awesome to have that. And yeah, thank that, you community. For that, that community, that community is huge, yeah. especially because mm-hmm. what, what, what you're doing, what we're doing, what a lot of the people on the show are doing is so counterculture in a lot of ways that you can't just talk. Usually you can't just talk to your buddy or yeah. your parents about it. Like when you're having an issue, you can't just go and be like, Hey, I'm having this thing. Have you ever had this problem? Cause chances are, no, they haven't. And they also probably think you're insane. Right. So like you have to really build an intentional community around it that you can trust and lean on and talk with. So I, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I, well, and even if I had a, a, a girlfriend who was vanilla, who I felt like I could talk to, she couldn't relate to right. what I'm talking about because she's, she's not doing what I'm doing. So yeah. exactly. to find a, a, a close girlfriend that you can really talk to about, all of these things and know that they, they understand and they get it and they're coming from the same place, I think is huge. Yeah, it is huge. And I think that's a really good transition too to talk a little bit about your show and what you two, the project that you both are working on together, because you do have that friendship. And unless you had another question. That was my question. (laughs) So yeah, we (laughs) want to give you time to talk about, yeah, Yeah. right. What, what you two are doing. Well, I, you know, I think that like a lot of times people might think what, what we're doing is a poly, right? It's sort of a poly relationship, but we do our own thing. So we're open. We go out with other couples and so do they, not so much during COVID, but whenever we would come together after having experienced, had experiences with other people, we just would like, yeah, 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 and talk all about it. And we had so much fun and it was so animated and so exciting. I think that it sort of grew out of that. Don't you think, Ams? Yeah. I, yeah. And it, I found that in playing around with the lifestyle and trying to figure out what I wanted sexually, that uh, I needed someone to talk through those experiences and figure out, you know, how could I make it better? How can I make it more sort of female centric too? Cause uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, the sexual experiences that we're exposed to are really kind of through the male gaze, right? You learn sexuality through pornography or you learn it through the, the partner that you have. So how do you kind of take the the male voice out of the conversation so you can really explore um, sexual interest from a female perspective. Um, so we uh, we would uh, get together and think about different sexual experiences that might be fun to explore and kind of set ourselves some sexy homework, mm-hmm. go off and have those experiences and come back and figure out what worked, what didn't work, what kind of takeaways that we had. And we also wanted to build a community of, of other women, you know, a safe space where other women could kind of explore 
what they were interested in, to ask questions, to talk with us. Um, so that's what it was born out of is this idea of, of, you know, creating a space where women could explore their sexuality mm-hmm. without shame, without judgment. It's not really a lifestyle podcast as much as it is a podcast about women's sexuality and our point of view just happens to be, you know, two women in open marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love it. And I think that's such a, a gap, right. In this space um, is is that piece of it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. so thank you. For we doing thought that. that as well, you know, we, we thought about how to open up the conversation that her and I have together to more people and just make that a bigger, bigger conversation, you know? Yeah. We right. didn't feel like there was that out there. Yeah. And if people want to listen, where can they find you? I know we'll yeah. have links in the show notes, but figured I'd give that plug as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are the two hot wives. Uh, you can actually TWO or two hot wives all together. Um, we're on social media. We have a website. You can find our podcast, it, it, you know, through any of the distribution outlets, Apple podcasts, Spotify. Uh, mm-hmm. We also link to it in our website, which is www.two. Uh, hotwives, H-O-T-W-I-V-E-S.com. Yeah. And that's the number two. Yeah. yeah. And so just to, to maybe to clarify, right, like the name implies that maybe you would both be exploring like a lot of hot wifing, but yeah. that sounds like maybe that's not exactly the case. And, and really that that's not really even the focus, like you said, of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I have to say, I, I, I didn't know about hot wife and culture when I just, you know, decided on the name, but, um, I think we view it from the broadest definition of, of hot wives, right? We are two women who are married to amazing men who are comfortable letting us explore our sexuality. Sometimes that's with other partners. A lot of the times it's with them or it's with this very close four-way connection that we've developed. Um, So we don't have a lot of independent play experiences without our husbands. That really sort of narrow, I think, old school swinger definition of hot wifing. We are Mm -hmm. two hot wives. (laughs) <laughs> not that we wouldn't explore that at some point. No, I, I, I mean, it, we have, and, and we probably it. will more, yeah. um, right. but it's not the focus. Yeah. Right. No, it makes, makes total sense. I also had another nosy question because <laughs> why not? Um, you said, right. That like you have, you, you know, the Katzes have their experiences and the Amses have their experiences and you have some experiences together. Has there ever been jealousy, of like cross couple, like the Amses went and had a bunch of fun and, and the catches were like a little jealous about it. Hmm. I can't speak for you guys. Trying right? to be, I, think, I don't, I mean, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think there's possessiveness there, right? Like our relationship is built on, non-monogamy. So there was never any expectation that there would be monogamy between the four of us. I think sometimes there's a little bit of FOMO. Like if, you know, yes, 
Yeah. If one of us is is on a roll and having a bunch of great dates or like when we got a unicorn, I think there was maybe a little <laughs> bit of FOMO. Um, just a little bit. Uh, so so that can happen, uh, but it, it, there's not possessiveness. Sure. Right. Yeah, there have been times when Mr. Cat will say, hey, we need to get busy. They're busy. <laughs> we need to make some more dates. What are we doing? Oh, okay. You know, so, it's COVID. So, com- so com- <laughs> but- competitive, not jealous. I like that. <laughs> no, that's, I was just curious because like, I could see how you grow really close, right? And you share a we lot. Have. But like, yeah, I think FOMO is a really good way to describe it because mm-hmm. I could definitely see having that. Mm-hmm ourselves for sure. Well, and when I think about, you know, Mr. Cat and I, I want him to have fun. I want, I love seeing him happy. I love, I love that part of it. And so now I get to see my friends are happy, you know, when they have a fun date and they come back and they tell us all about it, it makes me happy. They're smiling, they're laughing. It's, it's great. So, you know, you could be jealous of that or you could be enjoying all of it with them. So, yeah, yeah love totally. It. Love it. Is there anything else that either of you would like to share before we let you get on with the rest of your evening? Unless, again, you have That was going to be my question. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a really hot playlist on Ooh. Spotify. Yeah. Is, it, is it linkable that we could put it in the show notes? Yeah. 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 Awesome. We'll definitely put Absolutely. those in. And delicious music that we like. We have a whole cocktail oh, list. We, we start our shows. Uh, with with the uh, the cocktail of the episode and 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 we do usually have a cocktail before we record just to kind of get in the mood to share switch gears. experiences. Yeah, so yeah. Well, if, gears. if anybody had heard the beginning of this one that got edited out, they would have thought we all drank twenty cocktails. <laughs> we got started, or, so. not, or not enough. Another. Right. Yeah, that's, exactly. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe that was the problem. So <laughs> took us a little bit to get on a roll tonight. <laughs> what everybody heard was like take five. <laughs> but that's all good. All right. As long as we all get to the end and we're happy. Yes. yes. I think so. I think so. Again with the context switching. We were yep. doing the same thing today. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think then if you're both good and we're both good, then maybe we'll let you get along with your evening. I know it's quite a bit later on your end of the country. And so uh, we'll let you get along with your, I guess one of you is having an early weekend, which is exciting. So enjoy mm-hmm. that. And yeah, but they have all the kids. We do uh, well, then I guess all the kids. Who's going to party? I think it's me. <laughs> wow. It's an even trade, even trade. Yeah, right? Um, so. Vacation with the kids or work but have the home to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Take me <Yeah>. with you. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, again, thank you both for coming on. Thank you for the work, um, for creating your show and for the work you're doing. And, and yeah, we'll be in touch and, you know, maybe keep an ear out for us on, on the Two Hot Live show. We've... We've heard that might happen in the future. Yeah, yeah we would love, love that. Have you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Emma and Fannin. And we're back. Thank you so much, Ams and Kat, for reaching out and coming on the show, sharing your story. It was wonderful to talk to both of you, and we're excited to send more listeners your way. Yeah, and thank you uh, also for all the work you do and the, the, 
the resource you're creating for for everybody out there. And links to everything they talked about are in the show notes in your podcast player and on our website. You need to tone it down because I'm not toned up. (laughs) I think the... The the, polar, the yeah the discrepancy between the two of us is really making me look like a boring dud. Well, pick it up a little bit. <laughs> All right, things we need to talk about. We have some important information. We were going to talk about our Patreon community. Yes. So thank you. Thank I'll let, you. I'll let you do it. So it sounds a little more exciting. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of our Patreon members. We have over 160 of you, and the community is honestly just amazing. It's something that we've always dreamt about, and to have all of you actually be part of this community is just incredible. So thank you, thank you. I will just jump in and say this community has really helped Emma and I get through the last, through 2020, and honestly, like, it's been a valuable resource to us as we've navigated our journey as well Mm -hmm. over the last year and so like we've had some tough times and like we've been able to lean on this community and we've seen the community lean on each other and so it's fantastic and it's just a couple bucks a month if it's something you're interested if you're looking for community head over to our website and click on the patreon tab and you can see all the different things we've got as we mentioned we've got the men's call the women's call the monthly q a's we also have an ongoing me chat me chat group which people are in there all day every day talking about different things a lot of it's just fun nonsense but some of it's deep and helpful and meaningful so if you're looking for other people like yourself um check it out and see if it's a good fit we'd love to have you and we're just again thankful to everybody who's part of the community right now so thank you yes the other quick resource we wanted to mention is our favorite way to get tested for stis and we love it we love doing it (laughs) so much fun. sometimes we don't even need to and we do it uh stdcheck.com now to the when you use their service they actually decreased the price recently and it's only $129 when you use the discount on our website, the links on our website. So you go into your local Quest or LabCorp, give blood samples and voila, you get your results really quickly. Yeah, usually within a day. It's, 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 the thing that we love about it is it's private. You don't have to have weird conversations with your doctor. The person taking your blood really doesn't give a rat's ass while you're there. And, so it, it's, and it's just, important to know your status. Yeah, and it's really affordable. And so, yeah, it's easy. It's private. It's cheap. We love it. So. And using the links on our webpage do support or does support, do the, it. <laughs> does support the show. <laughs> so we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And with that, next week, we have an interview with Claire And stay tuned. Beautiful interview coming up in a week. We'll see you next Wednesday, everybody. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.